Hey, good evening. How's everybody doing out there? Um, welcome back. It's the first ever Wulong Talks podcast of 2017. Uh, we hope you guys have had a great break, a uh, great Christmas break, and a very happy new year to all of you listening. Uh, as usual, I'm joined by my two boys. Uh, first of all, introducing the power from up north, the Night Geek, Alvin. Say what's up, man. What's up, peeps? And of course, the wrestling kid, kid <laughs> who's not wrestling at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm seriously going to have to get rid of this name for you. Rich, say hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Get rid of it, man. Like you tried to give me some some label. It, it makes no sense, man. <laughs> like, call me the heartbreak kid or something. Give me something with some gravitas. <laughs> Listen, it makes perfect sense if you've been listening to our other podcasts because <laughs> you know they start <laughs> with the sound of shuffling in the background. <laughs> how you doing lads how was your christmas and new year everything all good yeah it was all right yeah yeah it was cool yeah good stuff good stuff Did yeah you up to anything fun over the period or just eat drink and generally be merry uh, i'm more eat drink and be slightly miserable yeah well we know that for you. <laughs> <laughs> listen you're, you're from up north your, your accent sounds miserable bro <laughs> uh, i found a comment racist <laughs> um, that's because I am racist, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> you should know where you're at, Alvin. Uh, anywhere north of the M25, we we yeah. don't fuck with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, man. That's good. I'm glad you you guys had a good time. So I was thinking about like Christmas in particular, and thinking about um, Christmas gifts. Uh, this year for me, it was fairly easy to kind of get all my Christmas shopping done and I was able to get everything that everybody wanted. But it, it kind of reminded me of like times when I've received really, really dodgy gifts. Um, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to bring up the amount of times I've got like links, <laughs> links, shower sets. Like, I, I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> you keep buying links, shower sets. Like for American listeners, Lynx uh, is basically Axe, I think it's called in America. Yeah, um, it is Axe, yeah. Yeah, it's Axe, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, I, I constantly kept getting them and it's like, okay, like, are you trying to say I stink or I don't wash? Like, what, <laughs> what are you trying to say by getting me this thing year after year? But one of the worst presents I think I ever got was um, way back when I was a little kid. I used to be crazy about the cartoon He-Man. And um, one of the, the things I really wanted was Castle Greyskull. Um, so I remember bugging my mom and saying, mom, 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 get me Castle Greyskull, get me Castle Greyskull. And um, eventually she kind of hinted that something would be coming my way at Christmas. So I remember like not being able to sleep on Christmas Eve night as a, as a typical kid would be. So, you know, just pacing up and down in my room, waiting to, for this Castle Greyskull. And, um, you know, Christmas morning came, I was up at like six in the morning, I got my folks up, I was like, come on, let's go and open presents, let's go and open presents. So we all went downstairs to open up the presents and I opened up this box and I don't know what it was <laughs> to this day, I still don't know what it was, but it said Castle Grayskull, but it was not Castle Grayskull. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like them, them kind of cheap toys that you get in like the pound shop, like pound yeah. and stuff. Chinese, probably yeah. made. Yeah. Yeah. Where they do like a like a copy of something, but it's like like on the label, it will say Spider Man and it will be a Batman figure inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Batman colors won't add up and stuff. Basically, that's what it was. So I opened that and I was just, I was distraught, man. I really was. 
And the thing is, I'm not an ungrateful kid. Like, I, I, you see, you know, I was smiled through gritted teeth and said thank you. And, you know, but deep down inside, I, I died a little bit. I, I can't lie. Um, so I kind of <laughs> always thought from then on, I need to make sure that if somebody is getting a gift, I need to at least get something that, you know, I think that they'll appreciate. So for you two guys, um, what's the, the worst Christmas gift that you've ever received? Um, I'll start with you, Richard. Yeah, Christmas gift, ex-girlfriend, her mum got me a candle. What, just Look. a candle? Yep. Was it... Did you not hear the silence when I said, when I said what she gave? Was it scented? Pardon? No, no, fuck about was it scented. Are we in the fucking dark ages? doesn't matter whether it was scented. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> if it was scented, you could run yourself a nice little bath, you know, yeah. create some bubbles, put on a scented candle listen to yeah. some calming music and at least got any yeah. use out of it. If it's just a normal okay. Okay. candle, then yeah, that's shit. Okay. 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 Check it. Check it. I'm the most metrosexual male that I know. Yeah. Huh. I was going to do a face mask today, but I was running out of time. That's how metrosexual I am. Right. <laughs> so this whole thing you've just said about basically putting candles by the bar. I've been there, done that. <laughs> I don't need someone to buy me a candle. <laughs> That I'm gonna use, yeah, when I'm running my bath, because I've got candles there already, yeah. Hey, listen, hey, let, let me let me get you, let me uh, you sitting at the dinner table in a restaurant, right? You've got your plate, you've got your plate that's got your food in it, you've got your knife, you've got your fork. Does the waiter come over and say, "Here, have another fork"? You'd be like, "Why? Why are you giving me another fork? I've got a fork already." Like, no, so you can eat your food with. No, but I've got a fork to eat my food with. That's what like that's what the candle was. It was scented. It was. I think it had something like vanilla in it or something like that it was a big it was a big fuck off one you know like you know size of like a small baby or like a really big shit after you've been out you know like when they've been drinking and the next day you've just got the, you empty out the stomachs that decent sized log in the toilet and that's what my that's what my present was it was a big piece of shit i should have just flushed it down the toilet as much as i love scented candles and you can i'm sure you can hear the bitterness in my voice right now mm. yeah that's it man because she had good money to i know she had good money to buy me a present and she bought me a candle that's the worst though that is just almost like an, an afterthought like mm, what should i get him like i don't really know this guy and i don't really give a damn about him so yeah let me yeah. get him a candle <laughs> you know what you know what she could have got me <laughs> she could have got me a jar yeah and said here and, and put a top on it and said hey here here's some oxygen she could have given me that it's just as fucking bad <laughs> well at least oxygen would have been useful at some point yeah true <laughs> Except that it's free, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true that, true that. Um, Alvin, how about you, man? What's the worst you've ever got? Uh, the worst for me is just just plain old, boring, mundane socks. Uh, just a set of socks that were all brown, but they're slightly different shades of brown. And they were from Next, so apparently I should have been grateful. <laughs> Who was well, this yeah, from? Next shop. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say who it's from. No, 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 no. I mean, no, I mean, no, no, I mean, was it? No, no. Don't, you don't have to give a name. Which is it? Was, oh. was it an auntie? Was it? You know, was it an ex-girlfriend? Was it a boyfriend? What? Tell me. No, it was from a family member. Family member. Okay. All right. Damn. Damn. But yeah, it was yeah. pretty. Um. Sorry. Go on. No, no. Say so no. You can't even cuss then. You can't. Yeah. You can't explain. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty yeah. bad. But I let uh, I let it be known because it's like socks are just probably like. Nobody needs socks at Christmas. Unless they're Star Wars socks, I probably would have went, oh, fucking wicked nice on Star Wars socks. You know, they're a bit novelty. I love Star Wars anyway. I'd wear them with pride, whatever. But no, it's just 
plain old brown, not even Christmas theme, just brown socks. I was just like, what the fuck? Why? Why this? Damn. Good. They, they, they don't love you, Alvin. They don't love you. <laughs> That's what no, I thought. It's not even that. You, 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 know, you know when you get that present and, and you look at it and, and you look up and you, and you're like, have I done something wrong? <laughs> <Have I> been... <laughs> that's, that's the 21st century of get, century version of getting coal. That's what yeah. that wants to mean. Just sucks. Sucks just mean I don't give a shit about you. That's what it means. <laughs> but no, I was going to say, like, Nick socks are, are, are kind of usually good quality, isn't it? I mean, they're, they're yeah, I wasn't impressed. That, to me, it was just cutting, just cutting on my feet like any other sock. Well, I didn't feel any different to me. I still got them though, because hmm. it's the same kind of level, quality-wise, as like Marks and Spencer socks and things like that. You know, they're they're usually pretty well made. I, I imagine. Um, I mean, I've only had like one pair of neck socks that I can remember in, in my life, and I think I got those in the sale anyway. Um, but yeah, anyway, enough about the retail and the quirks of British high streets. Um, yeah, so guys, we got a Christmas present early this year from um, Disney and the good folks at Lucasfilm. They gave us a film that really, I think we were all looking forward to, but none of us really knew what to expect from it until it came out. Um, and I think it pretty much blew us all away from when we were talking about it. And that's uh, Rogue One, uh, Star Wars story. Um, yeah, it just was amazing from start to finish. I mean, for, a, for somebody who's, not a diehard Star Wars fan, I, I, I couldn't say that, but, you know, pretty much anything Star Wars, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fuck with it, you know? Um, I mean, you're talking to somebody who, who, like, when I went to go and see the prequels and I, I came out of seeing episode one and, you know, there was part of me convincing myself that, no, this is really good, it's really good. <laughs> like, deep down inside, I knew it wasn't, but I was constantly telling myself it was. But um, with Rogue One, there was just none of that. It, it was just superb absolutely superb from start to finish um so guys i mean initial impressions with rogue one because obviously we didn't get to chat about this um over our break um alvin you know you're the certified star wars guy here although richard might contest that but um what did you make of rogue one what did you think of of the movie and the way that it presented its story and the characters i've i, I literally legit just fucking loved it. like I, just the whole experience for me because I, I saw it 3d imax like at midnight and like just the way the film kicked off and the story that they told all the characters although I admit some of them maybe are a little bit cookie cutter but everything that happened for me kind of made sense there's some stuff in there that they did with cgi that i thought was pretty fucking amazing to be honest i'd never seen it look that good before until uh, they did that in this movie uh, or the third act is fucking flawless like it is legit perfect and the very very end of the movie as well the last two minutes it, it was just like a wicked send-off it was just like getting it was like a climax that's all i can describe it as it was like a climax and it was fucking wicked and just I, I thought it was better than The Force Awakens, better than any of the prequels. This is easily the best Star Wars movie we've had since, obviously, came back with the prequels and that. I, I think it's better than The Force Awakens easily. Not that The Force Awakens is a bad movie. It's very good. But this, it was a slightly different flavour, a bit of a darker flavour, a bit more serious uh, in the story that it was, that it told. Um, and it wasn't as light-hearted as The Force Awakens, but I think that's what sets it apart and what makes it different. Um, and what makes it equally, if not more, for me, enjoyable. 
Mm, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I was a big fan of The Force Awakens when I saw it. And um, but for me, this was just like a, a totally different experience. Um, as you said, it, it kind of captured the 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 other side of, of Star Wars because the the last couple of films that, that we've had um from Star Wars have been very much uh light and tone and um you know they've they've dealt with like darker issues and things like that but not in any kind of um way that that felt uh tangible you know but with Rogue One it actually felt like a like watching a war movie in space it felt like a Star mm. Wars you know uh, a, a Star Wars <clears throat> movie so to speak so that there was really a, a, a sense of grittiness about it that I absolutely loved. Um, Richard, would you want to give your initial reactions and thoughts on that as well? Yeah, you, you know, I, you know, I loved it, man. Like, I wasn't a fan of, of Episode Seven, and um, and I no, I mean, like Jay, you saw what Rogue One in what two D, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Alvin, you saw it in what three D, three D IMAX, yeah, yeah, and I, and I saw it in four D. So we've all seen seen it in a different way, but we've all come over the same thing of like, listen, this film is fucking awesome. Um, and I'll tell you what I do love about it is like the thing that you said, Jay, is that it essentially is a war film. It is is a Star Wars, you know. And and the thing that I love about this film is that this is probably I'm not sure if this is something that George Lucas could have pulled off because you know as a director I, I don't think he he's that way that way inclined. I don't think he's got the the, the skills to pull it off. But obviously, you know, when you, you know, when you, you hear that story, when he first took episode four um, to, you know, to 20th Century Fox and he hadn't finished it. And basically he had to intercut, you know, the, the space battle with scenes from, you know, like from World War II films. And that, that and those, those were his influences. And this is essentially it. This is, like you said, it's, it's a, a true balls to the wall war film. You know, to me, I've always said that um, a good story is something that you can, Take it out of his setting and, and just place it somewhere else, and then and and it will still get across the same message. And and this film was was generally flawless for me. Like I I, I loved it, I loved it. So that, that that's I mean that's where that's where I stand on that. And um, I really wouldn't mind if the if the tone stays like this because like I said, I wasn't a fan of Episode Seven to tell the truth. I don't think it. The to- unfortunately for you, I don't think the tone is going to stay like that. I think there there are going to yeah. be from what i understand i think the plan is that there will be movies like rogue one um obviously assuming everything goes to plan and you know they're able to keep making movies um but i think in general it's going to be more kind of along the lines of episode seven in terms of the mm. so but i mean well, we'll wait and see. i mean ryan johnson's doing episode eight um which is coming up and his style um lends itself to a very kind of dark feel a bit like uh, the way Gareth Edwards' um, style did with, with Rogue One. So, you know, you never know. We we, we could see um, a very different story. And, and from what we're hearing, you know, Episode 8 is modelling itself on um, The Empire Strikes Back. So mm. I would assume that means that, that you know, the, the tone is going to be different. While it will be um, lighthearted in places, I imagine there's, there's going to be quite a heavy story in this one. So... So we'll have to wait and see, really. But Alv, yeah, you brought up the the CGI, which, as as you said, Rich, I, I saw it in two D, and I mean, I was amazed in in two D what what they were able to do, and um, you know, seeing Grand Moff Tarkin on the screen, like alive and breathing <laughs> on the screen, was just like, oh, you know, my head was blown. Um, just seeing that, uh, and then getting the the little scene with uh, Princess Leia and rest in peace to Carrie Fisher, by the way. 
um, that was a, a, amazing as well. And as you said, that last sort of three minutes of the film where we get Maximum Vader, that was just like, <laughs> <laughs> that I literally, I, I kid you not, I was sitting in the cinema and I was literally gripping the edges of the cinema seat because like I could, I, otherwise I was going to jump up and go, yes! <laughs> so I had to stop. So I had to do something to contain myself, but just immense, just absolutely immense, um, Rogue One. It, it really was, really, really was. Um, you know, the, the, the characters were all fantastic. I mean, wh what was your favorite character? Did you have a favorite character, Rich? Yeah, chew it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Why, man, perfect. Loved him. I, d I, just, I just loved that he, he was almost like he would have been, he, I mean, he, he was the Obi-Wan to the story of how Obi-Wan was, you know, in, in, in A New Hope. And I, and I just loved it that that he was just, you know, he, he was that perfect blend of like calm, you know, that, that sensei type of person, but then being also, also being able to kick ass and then being handicapped with the, the whole blindness thing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like he, he was my favorite character. In fact, him and him and his, him and his boy, I've forgotten his boy's name. Sorry. Baze Malbus. Yeah. Yeah. They, there you go. Um, someone's never had a girlfriend before. Yeah. Those two <laughs> together. <laughs> Is it obvious? <laughs> yeah. Th th those two, those two together. I thought worked really, really well. Um, but Chewett, as you know, if I had to, if I had to pick one character, Chewett would be my would be my favourite. Um, but there's one scene with the two of them when basically I think when they land on a planet when um, the the captain's gonna go and kill um, Jin's father. Is it that one or no? There's a bit where episode where he goes like, I'm gonna go out to fight, and he's like, Yeah, but who's gonna protect you? Or you're, no, you're you're gonna die out there, and he's like, No, because you're gonna come and protect me. But they had that really, really good back one, you know, one and twos between each other, which really for two characters that only that were only going to be on the screen for x amount of time you really believe that they had been friends for years anyway and and that, that's what i loved about about the, those two characters mm, mm, for sure for sure uh, how about you alvin was there anybody that stood out for you for me it was k2so uh merely because like in the prequels when you see droids they, they looked fake as fuck right they just looked they didn't, <laughs> they didn't look real at all you know what i mean they just looked cgi although they tried to like dirty them up and that but k2so to me like the whole time watching the character, it didn't seem like an effect to me. Like I'd forgotten it was a, it was, it was pretty much motion capture and uh, and CG. Uh, and I just think the humour of the character, it wasn't too much. Uh, it was mostly deadpan kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, when he sacrificed himself, I actually got a little bit, yeah, a little so bit emotional because he fast became like one of my favourite favourite droids. Like he's not as as annoying as C three PO can be, um, but he is just just as funny but usually on purpose and he just says whatever comes to the front of his mind but yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed k2s i thought it was a, a great droid character mm -hmm. very much so i think for me it was probably um because i was going to say like either chirrut in k2so um or jinerso because i quite like jinerso as well but i think for me it was actually director critic um, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. reason is because <laughs> One, I've always had a soft spot for a good bad guy, always. Um, and I think he's a great bad guy because I think what they've done with him is they've made a, a character who's quite layered. Um, <clears throat> ben Mendelssohn, who, who plays him, his, his performance is, is just fantastic. I mean, he's a really good actor anyway, but there's so many things going on with, with that character because he's, um, 
you know, you can see on the one hand, yeah, okay, he's evil, you know, he's ruthless and he's willing to do whatever he has to do to get the job done. But at the same time, there's also a, a kind of vulnerability to him because he's a victim of um, almost like a class structure within the, the empire where you can see he's kind of a guy who's trying to trying to achieve, you know, the, a, a better standing for himself within the empire. And he can't because, you know, you've got Tarkin on one hand who's just buoying him off constantly. <laughs> um, and then you've got Vader on the other hand who's like, you know, don't, don't, don't get too big to your boots, son. You don't get to get, get to join this class, you know? Um, so he kind of had the feel of, of somebody who's like working class almost, who's trying to kind of get their way up the, the the ladder and like the people at the top are like, no, 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 mate. Like <laughs> we like what you do, but you stay down there. You don't, you don't come up here. This is, this is our playpen. Um, so I kind of felt a bit sorry for him in a way, which is weird because the first scene you meet him, he's murdering like <laughs> Ginnerso's um, mother's wife, uh, mother, sorry. So it's kind of weird that, that I, I felt that, but that was kind of the, the depth of his performance really that I think. I identified with so yeah it's very good so I mean guys did you want to add anything else on Rogue One that we haven't covered before we move on to the bulk of the topics I'm probably going to go and see it another two times oh I'm already like getting it on Blu-ray that's that's the standard <laughs> yeah that's, yeah I'm, I'm gonna see yeah. it again and um and yeah and if, and if nobody if nobody's seen it <laughs> who are you waiting for go and see it <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> We, we can't recommend it high and highly enough i mean if that hasn't convinced you i don't know what will but seriously if, if you haven't seen it go and see it even if you're not a star wars fan it's it's so well done that you really do not have to be versed in in everything that that goes on in the star wars universe you can go in blind and still enjoy a great war movie um with all the kind of things that you would expect a good war movie to have so um, if you're a fan of that type of story, go and see it. And even if you're not, give it a try. It's, One last thing, though. It's amazing. Yeah. Hammerhead, Hammerhead Corvette. Oh, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> well, explain the reference to, to, to people who don't know, Al. Oh, do you reckon it should? Isn't it kind of spoilery? A little bit, but you know what? It's, the movie's been out for a while. All right. <laughs> so there were these uh, Hammerhead Corvettes that... Um, princess leia had to get one time in star wars rebels uh and essentially they get used in a in a battle towards the end of the film uh to push a uh a star destroyer into another star destroyer and yeah what you end up seeing is is amazing because there must have been model work in that shot because when i saw it in imax the way those ships were breaking apart Mm. like cgi to me at all like i was like oh my god models it must be big ass models so but yeah that's a great part of me yeah i love that bit yeah yeah fantastic um rich anything else uh no 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 that was that's that's it man i just i just love the film if you haven't seen it go see it yeah yeah simple as man simple as go and see it people all right well we are now fully into the new year as you already know by the time that you're listening to this uh, and 2016, I mean, like as a year, some people kind of think it was horrible because of certain events. We won't get into the politics and stuff because Lord knows I'm tired of talking politics, to be honest, because it feels like that's all we did in 2016. But yeah, 2016 was um, eventful, shall we say, eventful. 
But um, it was also a busy, busy year for entertainment and for movies, for games, for comics, for TV, you know, a lot of stuff. Uh, happened throughout the year so what we're going to do right now is is kind of break down um, a little bit of some of the highlights or the, the things that we consider to be the best of 2016 so if there's anything that you've missed or you haven't seen then hopefully you'll get a recommendation for it here and you can go check it out so yeah i mean let's start with movies um as I said it, it's been a bumper year for, for movies i mean we just talked about rogue one which um, is really one of the most outstanding films you'll you'll see this year, especially as said if you're a <clears throat> if you're a Star Wars fan, uh, you should absolutely be going to see Rock One. So um, yeah, there's been some amazing movies this year. So uh, guys, do you want to run through a couple of the big movies that have come out and things that that kind of kind of made an impact with you? You don't have to mention your choice for the movie of the year um, yet. Yeah, you can just go through things that have kind of stood out to you so um alvin do you want to go first yeah creed civil war uh star trek are some standouts for me cool cool um rich any others that you wanted to add to that uh mine would be obviously rogue one uh star trek beyond like i i thought that was just fucking amazing uh, mm. and final fantasy 15 kingsglaive i thought was pretty awesome as well Cool, cool. Um, well, for me, I mean, you guys kind of covered a, a lot of that, but I did see a lot of um, independent and foreign movies this year as well. Um, one of the, the ones that, that stood out for me was a, a movie I've mentioned before on the podcast uh, called Train to Busan, which is a Korean movie, um, Korean zombie movie set on a, a, a speeding train uh, traveling through South Korea. Um, really, really good movie. Uh, really good. Um, so if you haven't seen it at all, go and check that out. Um, what else was there? There was a, a movie that I saw very recently, actually. Um, it technically came out last year in America. Uh, so I'll recommend it, which is called Moonlight, um, which is a beautiful, beautiful oh, and, and character study um, about somebody's life growing up um, in America. Um, a young gay black man uh, growing up and, and dealing with the, the trials and tribulations that, that life throws in. Um, really well done, really cleverly shot. Um, the acting in it, superb as well. Um, just a brilliant, brilliant movie. So definitely check that out if you can as well. Um, and yeah, I think that's that, that's it for my recommendation. So do you want to go for your big one now, boys? So let's do this. Let's um, choose our film of the year. Uh, so if you can give your choice and then explain a little bit about why you've gone um, with that movie. So, Richard, I'm going to start with you. Um, what was your movie of the year and why? Okay, all right. So is, is Rogue One allowed in this? You can choose Rogue One, yeah. Yeah? Okay, cool. Can, can I do a toss-up between two films? No. You need to choose oh, one. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... Okay, now okay, then I'll I'll choose Rogue One. You want to do, you want to give you a brief breakdown of the reason why I'll choose Rogue One? Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, number one, I'm gonna choose Rogue One just to piss you guys off, just in case you were just in case you guys were gonna choose it. Maybe not so much you, Jason, but Alvin. Fuck I know you. That Fuck I've been <laughs> yeah. you take the piss, lad. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, but no, no, but but in, in all seriousness, I mean, like, it, it would be it would definitely be uh, a toss up for me, movie of the year between. Uh, 
sorry, um, Rogue One and uh, and Star Trek Beyond. Uh, but I'd ultimately have to go with Rogue One, just for the simple fact that such an amazing film was literally just built off one line mm-hmm. that was mentioned in, in Episode Four. And I, and, I, and I always found that fascinating when they were going when they were going through these films, that, or these standard or these new films that were going to be produced and made when they were acquired when you know when um, Star Wars was acquired by Disney. You know, so we had this list of like you know. Uh, a, a Han Solo standalone film, and then then they released, and then they said Rogue One was coming. I was like, yeah, but you know, do, do we really want to see this? And then when they said what it was going to be based on, it really, really just you know just sparked something in me where I was like, well, they're making, they're not making like a cartoon show, you know, or, or like a TV series. They're going like balls to the wall, big budget. And then like I said, but you just have that throwaway line, and it just that line itself. Holds so much, so holds so much when Manmatma gives it in episode four, and then when you watch this film, it just it just hammers it home even more. Like this is that forgot, this is that unknown story that nobody else in the Star Wars universe knows. Because if you think about it, really, we know what happens, but basically everybody who's there, I mean, ends up dying, and that that just that just makes the the, the story the story for the film that's so beautiful. They're like easily my number one film for the year. Cool, cool. Fair enough, man. Can't argue with that. Like I said, I was a big fan of Rogue One. So that can go in there. So Rogue One is on the list. Um, Alvin, you're up next, man. You can give your uh, explanation and any other details. That you yeah. Have. Uh, I've, I, well, firstly, I need to correct Richard on something. Uh, Mon Mothma isn't in episode four. Who is it? Is it Jonathan, uh, is it Jonathan Dana? Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My bad. Oh, oh, interestingly, you know, he's in Rogue One as well. What briefly, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. from Game of Thrones. Anyway, yeah, mine was also a rogue one, uh, just because um, pfft, nothing for me can be a good Star Wars movie. Uh, I loved Civil mm. War, thought it was great. I also loved Star Trek Beyond, but fuck me, like Star Wars was just the wicked way to finish. In fact, no matter what time during the year it would have come out, anyway. And like, I also mm. think an important thing about Rogue One is never fucking listen to the press. All these reports about reshoots and all that, and the amount of the film that they were apparently reshooting and all this kind of stuff, and all these kind of reports of that the film was in trouble and that Rogue One might be a bit shit and da 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 and all this business. And then look at the fucking film we got. I'm glad they made fucking changes because without those changes, we may have got an okay Star Wars movie. With the changes that they made, mm. we got a fucking wicked Star Wars movie. So. Always be careful from what you hear about the press and what you fucking believe, because most of the time it probably isn't even fucking true. But yeah, Rogue One is my uh, is definitely my film of the year. All right, cool, fair enough. I said can't argue with that because <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, okay, well for me, uh, Star Trek Beyond was very close to being my choice, as was Rogue One. Uh, but I think I'm gonna go differently from you two, and I'm gonna go with Captain America: Civil War. Um, I think the reason why I went with it was because from the moment they released the first teaser trailer and I sat down and I watched that teaser trailer, um, I was hooked. I was just totally hooked on on this. I was hooked on the the concept. I was hooked on the story. I was hooked on, on what they were planning to do. And then when I actually sat down and I watched the movie in the theater, I just had a huge grin from ear to ear. Um, from start to finish, in a way that that Rogue One and Star Trek and Beyond did. But I think what I liked more about Civil War was 
the the depth that they went to because it surprised me how how deep the film actually is from the very beginning um they kind of show you the the difference between captain america and, and iron man in the fact that uh tony stark is is a guy who when confronted with um a dramatic situation like he was in in you know sort of the opening part of the movie in the opening act when um the grieving parent are confronted by the elevator his reaction was you know to feel the pain to feel the remorse of uh, his actions and the things that he'd done over previous films um and to immediately kind of go to towards how do i fix this how do i make this this, this thing go Whereas Captain America, you know, the the first thing he almost does is after the the incident in Nigeria where the, the people die is he's sitting and talking with um, Scarlet Witch and he says, you know, um, the thing about this job is, you know, you, you basically people are going to get hurt. Um, but if we don't do this job, then, you know, what happens? Does everybody die? Um, so we, we kind of have to do something. And I love the way that they kind of set that up. And then the, the relationships between the, the, the characters was just so, was so complex for, for a comic book movie and complex in a, in a way that not that they tried to play, you know, gymnastics with their dialogue, like some of the worst films of the year that I've seen, <laughs> which we will get to, but because of the, the simple way that they presented the fact that obviously this is going to be a conflict um you know showing vision and scarlet witch kind of starting to get close and the fact that that closeness has repercussions later on in the film that, that are really quite serious um is is really really clever and again not something you would expect from a comic book movie um i just think it was yeah it was a just a fantastic experience and then on top of that you add in you know some of the best action scenes of the year you add in spider-man you add in black widow you add in black panther's first appearance and how fantastic that was and how brilliant chadwick boseman was as, as, as him and you and then the climax which is like one of the most deeply personal kind of climaxes you you could have got for a comic book movie where it's literally like you know the these guys are fighting no longer over um, political or philosophical differences. They're fighting because somebody basically killed someone else's parent and the person who knows about it said nothing and, and did nothing. Um, you know, so I just, I was blown away by all of that. Um, the acting across the board was just brilliant. Um, as said, the special effects were amazing. It, it, it just was everything you could want as, as a comic book fan who was really looking forward to, to seeing that kind of a, an event. And as somebody in particular, who's a sucker for big events, which is to my detriment later on, but as I said, we'll get to that later on. Um, you know, it, it just delivered everything I could have wanted and more. So for me, Captain America Civil War is my movie of the year. So I'm going to give that my thumbs up. But honorable mention is said to Star Trek Beyond, which was amazing as well. Mm -hmm. It delivered a lot of things that I, I was not expecting at all um you know i had little hope for, for star trek beyond if i'm honest based on the trailers um but what the movie delivered was was really something else um so yeah star trek beyond definitely gets an honorable mention and of course uh rogue one as well is included in that uh, because it was fantastic as well all right cool guys well now we're going to move on to <laughs> this should be fun the worst film of the year <laughs> 
Now, this year in particular, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but this year it just seems like I've seen a lot of shitty movies. A lot. Um, just some really, really bad films. Films that are just absolutely incompetent. Um, just, yeah, <laughs> it's just, this is going to be, this is going to be, um, this is going to be hard work because I'm still quite angry at a couple of films on, on my personal list. So um, let me take a breather. I'm going to step back. Alvin, do you want to start off with um, some of the, the dishonorable mentions for the worst film of the year and then your worst film of the year? Yeah, Batman v Superman, uh, Suicide Squad. Well, I'm technically going to include Assassin's Creed just because it did come out in America before the end of the year. So yeah, Assassin's Creed as well. Cool, cool. Fair enough. Um, Richard, some of your dishonorable mentions for worst film of the year? Like Alvin, uh, Batman versus Superman. I need to see Suicide Squad again, uh, but in discussions that we've had concerning the film, it does, it doesn't, it, it, like my memory of it and what, and what, I'm, what I'm being told, <laughs> it, they, they don't match up. So I need to go and see it again. <laughs> I'm slightly scared. I feel, I feel like I'm going to have a flashback, but I'm going to wake up when they have a flashback and just be like, oh my God, Suicide Squad is shit. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it, it wasn't a great sort of films, but it, it was, it's not bad enough to to mention. I mean, because if it was on Channel 5, I'd, I'd probably still watch it in the background or something. Um, but I saw one recently um, called Maximum Ride on, uh, on Netflix. And I was wait, 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 wait. Is, that, is that your film? Is that your worst film of the year? Yeah, that is my worst. Oh, right. Well, hold up, hold your horses. <laughs> Don't start yet. Okay. All right. So, so your dishonorable mentions were Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Su- Su- Suicide Squad and a Dream Haze because I'm still not hundred percent, but definitely Batman versus Superman. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Um. Well, for me, my dishonorable mention list is long because I said I for some reason I seem to see a lot of crappy films this year. Um. So yeah, here we go. Um. Suicide Squad. This was a film that I was really looking forward to, um, to the point where I think when I actually went to go and see it in the cinema, I was so caught up in hype, I couldn't actually acknowledge the fact that what I was watching did not make a lick of sense at all. Um, And it was only when I watched it on second viewing, it was when I realised, oh my God, this is really (laughs) not good at all. Um, Batman v Superman, as you guys know, Dawn of Justice. Um, any of you who've listened to our previous podcast know I despise that film. Um, I genuinely think it's one of the worst films I've I've seen this year. Um, I know that's not going to go down well with DC listeners. DC listeners, I'm sorry, but it's it, it just was bad. It just that that theatrical cut that we all saw was was terrible, terrible, and. Yeah, okay, the extended edition, you know, filled in a few gaps in the plot, but it still was just a, a slog, you know, it felt like a grueling <laughs> slog to get through, um, especially that extended edition. It's three and a God knows how long hours long, you know, and it just, it, it just felt like you, like doing an hour's worth of, of bloody, I don't know, some kind of insanity or, or T25 for an hour or some kind of stupid <laughs> class that you would do like for uh, over an hour. That's what it felt like. It just felt like a slog. Um, but there's others that I managed to see as well. There was, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm even embarrassed to admit I saw this film. There was a film called Nine Lives. 
with uh, Kevin Spacey and uh, yeah, I don't know why I went to see that. <laughs> why did you I put yourself know, through I it? Know, Hold on, know, that's the one with the cat. That's, that's the cat, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, get out. Not... Get out. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not talk about that anymore, please. Because uh, <laughs> Kevin Spacey doesn't talk about it either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why? Wise decision on his part. Um, dirty Grandpa. My God. That was, was that bad. bad? Was that Robert De Niro and um thing. Robert De Niro and Zac Efron. Yeah, yeah. that's it really bad it's like somebody said okay we're gonna make this comedy right and the comedy is robert de niro as a grandpa he's old he's grumpy and he just wants to have sex and do drugs all the time the comedy is just gonna flow from that without actually thinking of comedic situations or trying to write some decent jokes or anything like that so literally that is the the, the joke for the whole film for, for the 90 minute running time is is that and De Niro's not a guy who's really that good at comedy to be honest I mean apart from Meet the Fockers I, I can't really think of anything else where but even in that he's not funny he's playing Sony is um, not funny which is why it's funny yes, yeah exactly like in yeah sorry not Meet the Fockers because that wasn't great uh Meet the Parents um in Meet the Parents you know the the joke is he's quite a serious guy and he's a straight-laced guy and that's where the humor comes from but in Dirty Grandpa he's trying to be funny and it just it nah Nah, he, he needs to just let it go. He needs to let it go. <coughs> mm, excuse me. So, yeah, Dirty Grandpa is definitely um, one of the worst. But it was no worse than what is going to be my choice for the worst film of the year. <laughs> but first, before I do that, Alvin, do you want to um, confirm your worst film of the year? Yeah, my worst film of the year, although, like you said, it BVS was a slug and it was pretty hard to get get um get got all the way through and it wasn't really satisfying especially with that fucking ending jesus oh. i'm going with suicide squad just because that film actually fooled me into thinking it was pretty good i remember actually saying on the podcast after it came out that yeah it's pretty it's all right i might buy, buy it on blu-ray when it comes out i saw it a second time and thank god i did because then i didn't have to waste my money on the blu-ray and actually be annoyed watching it at home it's not <laughs> there's bits of it that are all right but the story is total bullshit it's total fucking crap. Like the story is one of the dumbest stories. I hate stories whereby issue, a potential issue that could happen, but they cause something to happen, which they then need to stop. That's fucking bullshit. Cause then there's no real fucking antagonist in your film. You no. you created the problem. That means you're a fucking monk. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then it was just all the editing and all that kind of shit. Loads of Joker stuff left out. Some of the Joker stuff was... I quite liked Jared Leto's Joker. I thought it was all right. I thought it was something different, you know, whatever. But the, the film as a whole was just like... It just... it just script just seemed lazy in some points. You know what I mean? And then you had fucking Cara Delevingne, like, shaking a... Walking about. I was like, well, what the fuck is going on? It's just not a good movie. Like, literally, when you watch it a second time, you'll be pissed off that you liked it the first time. So that's why it's my worst. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll never get the image of... Cara Delevingne popping and locking. <laughs> yeah. that, that, that was just like, <laughs> she looked like, <laughs> do you know what she looked like? I used to go to, um, like, way, way back in the day, I used to go to, like, a lot of raves in, in Barnes in Essex. <laughs> and obviously, there used to be, like, copious amounts of drugs and stuff going around at these raves. And she looked like, literally looked like somebody who was pilled up, like, Popped E, Molly, and whatever else, <laughs> going for it, going for it to the music. That's what she looked like. 
And I remember seeing that and thinking, what on earth? Is, like, <laughs> where is she? I think it was supposed to be like otherworldly, you know what I mean? But it just came across as fucking dumb. And why did the director not immediately go, what the fuck are you doing? Stop. <laughs> Stop. What are you doing? So, yeah, I'd, uh, Suicide Squad, yeah, that could definitely go on the list of the worst movies of the year. Uh, so, Richard, yeah, do you want to tell us your, your worst movie of the year now and why? Yeah, Maximum Ride. It's a movie that's on Netflix and it's based off a, a, a young adult series written by James Patterson. And it's about these genetically um, engineered um, teenagers. They did a film of that. Like, yeah. The yeah, you, you know, yeah, yeah, you know. It. I've seen the comic. I've seen the comic advertised. Yeah, the comic. Yeah, yeah the, comic, the comic. The comic was good. I haven't, I haven't actually read the, the book, but I know that the comic is based off the book, and you know. And I so have on. no idea that they did the movie. Yeah, you know why? Because it's shit. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> and um. I mean, I mean, the, I mean, for worst movie of the year, I, I, I could easily pick like Batman versus Superman, just for the simple fact that like that that's a no-brainer. That film should have been good. You've got some of the most iconic characters on the screen, and you could have just done a half decent script and done half decent acting and still come away with something good. But you know what? It is what it is, right? Um, we knew what we were getting. You know, we, you know, to a certain degree, when they decided to fast track, fast um, fast forward with that film and have Zack Snyder direct it and after the job that he did with Man of Steel. But I digress. Maximum Ride. I'll tell you how bad this film is. I didn't fucking finish it. How about that? Yeah? Didn't yeah. finish it. Special effects. You know how good the special effects are? Let me tell you how good the special effects are. Remember that cartoon that we used to watch as a kid called Morph? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Morph has better special effects than this film. <laughs> Brown morph. <laughs> brown morph. Brown morph. Yeah, brown morph. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it into things and all that. Yeah. Morph. Yeah. Morph. Morph had better special effects. The you know what? This. Effect. I'm is looking that... at the trailer for Maximum Ride now, and you know what its problem is? It's trying What's to that? be every teen novel that ever was. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And it does look fucking cheap as well. This looks like one of those movies on sci-fi that you see, like Relic Hunter or something like that. With yeah. a TV budget, no, no, you want, it, look, it looks terrible. You want, to know the, you, want to, you want to know the joke? The special effects that I've seen on programs like Relic Hunter or like Xena Warrior Princess or Hercules, the legendary, con- the legend continues, whatever. They've had spe- better special effects and they were pretty dire when you look back. These special effects just looked, just looked, I mean, just bad. And then the acting was bad. I mean, I I turned off at some point when the the main character called them Max, you know, Maximum Ride. Um, she's she's been she, she, she's been shot, and she ends up um, being she um she she ends up ends up being shot because she saved this girl being picked on by these two guys who who are gonna rape her, and then basically she get you know then she then the girl takes her to her mum who just happened to be a nurse and her mum comes in, and she gives the most unconvincing performance ever, and I'm telling you like I have seen better performances in the worst. Nollywood Nigerian film that you can think of. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to like I remember watching it and going like, wow. Number one, people got paid. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold out in the streets. Yeah. But people got paid for this. And number two, the the, the scene I'm talking about when the mother who's a nurse comes in and starts talking to Max. I was like, shit, you're gonna have this credit on your CV. <laughs> yeah? It's just the work I, t- I couldn't finish it. Like, I actually thought to myself, yeah, you know, let me turn it off and go to sleep and then come back the next day and finish it. And I was like, no, why would I want to do that to myself? The same reason when you guys went and watched um, Batman vs Superman for the podcast, you know, to talk about it. Nope. 
I knew it was shit. I didn't go, I didn't go see that a three-hour edit of it. <laughs> I knew that wasn't going to make no difference. <laughs> I, I'm averse to causing myself or inflicting on, onto myself unnecessary pain. And that's what Maximum Ride was. Unnecessary pain. <laughs> Don't wow. see it. If you see if you see it in a shop on Blu-ray or DVD, no, fuck it. That film would never be released on Blu-ray because Blu-ray is a good fucking quality. If you ever see it released on DVD, yeah, steal it and then burn it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the tagline they need to put on the poster for that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Steal it and burn it. <laughs> uh, thank you, Rich. Well, um, for my worst movie of the year, I mean, uh, even sitting here now, I can't believe I actually managed to watch it from beginning to end. It's Gods of Egypt. That, that Woo! Is, oh, my God. <laughs> that I mean, I know you guys didn't didn't watch it, but yeah. But what wow. were you expecting though when you went to see it? Wow. Were you expecting shitness? No, no, I wasn't because you know the the thing is with Gods of Egypt, right? Is as soon as I knew or I heard, I remember when it was going into pre production, um, and Alex Proyas signed on, and I thought, whoa, Alex Proyas, like Dark City, The Crow, you know, I Robot wasn't great, but it was still watchable. So I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe there's there's something there. And then there was obviously the controversy around surrounding the, the casting and the whitewashing of the cast. But the thing is, I mean, even if you take away, like, even if you park that issue to the side for a minute and just judge the film as a film, Christ almighty, I've never seen something so inept at storytelling, at building character. I've never seen so much bad acting in a big budget movie. This movie cost $300 million. You're joking. $300 million on the movie. That's the same amount as uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. It's just, it's <laughs> just, there's, there's no competence in it. There are literally shots in the movie where you can't tell what's happening. The CGI looks like as if the, the computer that they use for CGI got an STD or something like that and was, was discharging and the discharge was the visual effects. That's what <laughs> like. like just, just, just vomit, vomit on the screen. There's CGI giant snakes, CGI walls, CGI blades, CGI, everything, everything has to be CGI in the film. The acting is terrible in it. Gerard Butler, like nobody overacts the way Gerard Butler does. And the thing is, I, I kind of like Gerard Butler in, in some things. But he, boy, when he overacts, my God, he, wow, <laughs> he, he, he goes there, he goes there, and um, it's like he was trying to tap into, like King Leonidas from Three Hundred, but if he was like really drunk and really high, um, that that's the best way I can describe his performance, um, and really shouty, for for, for some odd reason. Um, I think the only person who comes out of it with with any kind of credibility intact is, is Jeffrey Rush because he's kind, he's old, he's established, and basically he'll go on and do something better. Whereas ooh, the rest of the cast, I, oh God, I don't know how they get away from. It. I mean, Chadwick Boseman's got like Black Panther, so he's he's cool. But good lord, good lord, that that was <laughs> it's an unbelievable film, unbelievable. Sure. Sorry, go on, Richard. Yeah, can I can I just chime in on that? You know, you want to know that when I knew, you know, you know, there's certain 
films you watch like you might start watching a film and it'd be like and then something will happen you'd be like yeah this, this is shit or you see a trailer and you're like yeah no this this, this film looks shit right i i knew gods of egypt was going to be shit when i saw that one of the main characters is he the main character is that that's the guy from game of thrones right yeah jamie lannister jamie lannister yep. yeah 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 yeah, yeah the, lannister, the lannister guy yeah? yeah i can't remember like he's the main character in a big budget film like how? From then, I was well, like, "No, you're, you're trying, you're trying to trick me." He's, he's not even the main character, really. I mean, he's one of them, but there's. Who is? Yeah, yeah, he's they, one of them. They, he's but he but he on the screen on on the tra- in the trailer and on the poster, he's up there with Gerald Butler. Gerald Butler hasn't done shit since Three Hundred. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe like you know, Olympus has fallen. You know, that was okay, but I was just like, "What?" The, Jay, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you a serious question, Jay, con- concerning Gods of Egypt and um, what's the other film that you said that was bad. Uh, the, what, your choice. Dirty Grandpa or Nine Lives? Yeah, Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> Nine Lives. I forgot about that. Okay, so so th- those three films. I'm gonna like we're friends. We've known each other for you know for years and stuff. And you know, and I know you're not embarrassed to say this, but on the real, are you a sadist? Do you like being hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I I do not like being hurt. You know, I'm. I'm a movie fan. You know, anybody who knows me knows I'm a movie fan. And people listening and those who follow the blog and stuff, you guys know I'm a movie fan. I love movies. And, um, you know, I there's nothing that I enjoy more than sitting down and, and getting into a movie and watching a good movie. And I can watch anything as long as the story is good, as long as you can tell me a good story then I'll buy into pretty much anything. You know, you name a genre and I could tell you a movie in it that I've watched that I've liked. So I, I always, you know, will, will, will watch a movie, even if the trailers are bad, like it was with Batman v Superman, where the trailers were just terrible. I knew it was going to be bad, but I was like, you know what? It's Batman v Superman and it's, on, it's a movie, so I've got to see it. So no, I'm not saying <laughs> I do question like i do question now especially after this year and the amount of crap because i've not even mentioned other things that i've watched like ride along 2 which was terrible um, yeah that was a real stinker um what else was there there was that wayne brothers film uh god uh, uh, the name it, it i think i've wiped it from memory so i can't even remember 50 shades blacker yes yes that was it that that was just an atrocity. I don't know where they were going with that. Um, there there was a couple of others as well that that really just stank the the, the place out this year. But um, yeah, Gods of Egypt has got to be the the one. It's got to be the one for me. I can't take it. Um, <laughs> it's just too bad. So literally, Gods of Egypt is is going as as my number one choice for the worst film of the year. And listeners, I, I pray you never, ever have to sit through Gods of Egypt because, God, I, I, I fear for you if you do. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you guys didn't have anything to add on the movie front, did you? Nah. Nah, 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 nah. We're, we're, we're good. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> All right, let's move on, man. So um, next up, we're going to talk about the best and worst TV shows of the year. Um, again, TV has, has gone for a real renaissance this year, and we've had some fantastic television uh, come out um, over the last 12 months. We've also seen a big shift as well, in, in the sense that um, with the growth of, of things like Netflix and Amazon On Demand here in the UK, and um, you know, streaming services in general, um, that you know, TV is is really kind of pushing the boundaries um, in terms of what 
kind of entertainment we get and how good it is. So um, let's talk about some highlights of the year, first of all, before you choose your favorite TV show of the year. So Richard, do you wanna uh, bring up some honorable mentions? Well, for TV shows? Yeah, for TV shows. Uh, yeah, definitely Stranger Things is up there. Uh, well, I think, what, I mean, for TV shows, what, what did I really, oh, woo! Okay, Stranger Things. <laughs> no, you, know, you, just get, you, just... you can't, you, there's one TV show that, yeah, that you always got about all year. If you don't mention that show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Get Down. <laughs> yeah, man, The Get Down. Like, awesome. Freaking awesome, man. Like, Baz, when the get, Baz Luhrmann found his stride again, uh, when, he, when he did The Get Down, I don't think he did all of the episodes for, for, the, for the first half of the first season. And the second half of the first season is going to be released this year, um, but it, it was just it was just it was just a, a really really good show. Like I I really can't knock it, man. I mean, in fact, now that I'm thinking of it, like Jay, you're right. We we were blessed with amazing good shows, and Netflix really knocked the knocked the ball out of the park um, this year, man. But um, honorable mentions for me, um, the Get Down, uh, the main brother Luke Cage, um, Westworld. And Walking Dead, I, you know, I have to put it in there, man, just for the simple fact that, you know, it found its stride again with, um, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan's um, portrayal of Negan. Uh, and there was one more as well. Uh, another one, I've, so far I've only seen the first episode of it, and I know it's won a ton load of awards already, but the, I can see why it's, it's, you know, it's, it's got so much acclaim, and that was um, Transparent. Mm. Um, so th that, that would be my list for honourable mentions for you know, amazing TV shows this year. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, Alvin, for you, what were there yeah, any honourable mentions? Westworld, Stranger Things, The Flash, mainly because the show knows what it is and goes for what it knows, and therefore it's completely competent. Not that it's amazing, but it just knows knows how to do what it does. Uh, and Luke Cage, yeah, Luke Cage as well, obviously. Um, yeah, that's probably about it, really, in terms of really great stuff, yeah. Cool, cool. Well, for me, I think um, honourable mentions would have to go to Stranger Things, obviously, um, or the Criminally, I, I still haven't finished it yet. <coughs> I still haven't got to, I, I've got up to, I think, episode eight. But it's, it's one of those things where it's so good, I don't want to be watching it like... Um, an hour and evening at, at night. I want to be able to, to watch it all um, at once. But but Stranger Things is, is an amazing TV show. Um, really is. So couldn't recommend that strongly enough. Um, Transparent, as you mentioned, Richard, I've, I've seen, um, I mean, technically it's not a 2016 show. It started before them. But um, yeah, Transparent, this season that, that came out this year was really, really good. Um, I actually really enjoyed Orange is the New Black this season as well. Um, it it kind of wavered a, a little bit around sort of season two and three, but this season was actually, I felt really powerful um, and was a lot of fun to watch. Um, the Get Down was, was amazing. Um, Westworld, I haven't got all the way through Westworld, but again, <laughs> the quality of it is, is so good. And it's one of those things where I'm going to have to sit down and watch it from beginning to end because I don't really want to kind of watch it halfway through. Um, is there anything else? Oh, yeah, uh, Voltron, the legendary defender. Oh, yeah, oh, that was, was fucking awesome. I How was, could I forget about that? Yeah, I was really not expecting anything from that. 
Um, and it turned out to be like, bloody amazing. Honestly. Only downside was only 13 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was really good. And, and considering, you know, it's mostly American made as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Kudos to them, man. They, they, they really, really did a, an amazing job with that. So, so that definitely goes on, on my list as well. Um, all right. So Rich, do you want to, give out your number one TV show of the year for 2016 and, and why? Uh, Westworld. It's going to have to go to Westworld for me, man. As much as I love the get down, um, which was like, which is like, you know, an, an amazing love story set in the, you know, set in the 1970s, you know, from disco, try, you know, becoming hip hop and breakdance and all that. But, Westworld is just a different kettle of fish, science fiction-wise, man. I mean, acting-wise, perfect. Anthony Hopkins, like, he's a national treasure. The day Anthony Hopkins drops dead, and we're out of 2016 now, so we can, we can say things like that, like, we're safe, yeah? But the day he drops dead, that's a, that's a, national, that's a national heritage that this country would have lost. Um, but the storyline, the way how everything was just thrown out there and then makes sense towards the end, it was just perfectly done. It was just it was just amazing story writing. Like, I, I really can't knock it. And for a TV show, the budget that was put behind it as well, yeah, it was, was wicked. Like, what they managed to pull off on a TV show put big budget films to shame. Mm. Like, you know, you talk about things like Gods of Egypt. Fuck Gods of Egypt. You know, go, you know don't go and see that you know, unless you're saying it's like Jason. Like, you know, stay at home and, uh, and, and stream or download like Westworld, man. It's just an amazing show. And jump on it before season two comes out, but I think there's going to be a bit of time before that happens. Yeah, that, that's that's my number one show for the year, easily. Cool. All right, Westworld goes on the list, folks. So make sure you go and check out Westworld. Um, Alvin, for you. Yeah. Um, for me, because because Rich went with Westworld, um, I'm gonna have to go with Stranger Things, just because fucking what what I expected it to be, and what I got. I was way happy with what I got. And some of like, the performances in there, like Winona Ryder, nobody has heard from her in ages since she was, played Spock's mum in bloody Star Trek reboot. But then she came back in this and like fucking some emotional shit that her character goes through that I was like, no way. Like, and I thought like her performance was fucking great in it. I thought it was genuine, felt genuine to me. But yeah, just put the show as a whole, it's like you can't kind of place your finger on it. You can't really say it's one thing because it's kind of like about three stories going on. But but yeah, just what they pulled off and the story that they told. Yeah, I didn't know I wanted to see a show like that until I actually saw it. And I was like, yeah, sign me up for season two. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, man. So Stranger Things, I need to finish it. I know I'm slipping listeners. I, I really do. But um, yeah, <coughs> go and see it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, well, for me, uh, I think my choice for TV show of the year has to be Luke Cage, man. Has to be, man. Um, I think just purely, and this is purely personal reasons, but just simply because um, it's something I'd been waiting for, for for so, so long. From the moment they announced it, um, I'd been waiting patiently for, for Luke Cage to come along. Um, and the moment it did, it just delivered on on every level and on levels I, I didn't expect it was you know the plotting was was more complicated than I would have expected it to be um, there were some very nice twists some nice surprises in there 
Um, the character depth is is amazing. Um, from everybody, the performances from everybody were just universally amazing. Um, and what Netflix and, and Marvel have got going there with um, their their properties that that they've released so far, um, and the things they've got planned are, are just you know they're mind boggling at, at the quality of the, these shows. Um, so yeah, Luke Cage for me it was was just a, it was a cathartic ex experience. <laughs> to to use a big word, but um, yeah, it just it, it it just blew me away, blew me absolutely blew me away on on every level in terms of as I said the acting, the writing, the the um, you know the overall story that that they told uh, was gripped from start to finish. Some of the best dialogue of the year as well. I, I can't forget that that monologue um, that. Uh, Luke has all the conversation, sorry, that he has with um, the kid outside of uh, the Christmas Atticus building that, mm. that's just burned into my brain um, because of the performance of, of Mike Coulter in that scene and, and the way that the scene has is, is just been written as well. It was just superb. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely recommend uh, Luke Cage for anybody who hasn't seen it yet. Um, if you haven't seen it, like, what on earth are you waiting for? Just go and see it. Like, it, it's really that simple. So, okay, that's going to do it for TV recommendations. Um, so let's move on. Uh, we can now go over to comic books. Uh, comic books is, comics have had another kind of up and down year, really, from, from what I could tell. Um, I've not been collecting as, as many comics this year. I've, I've kind of only been following like a few books, really. Um, but I'm, Richard and Alvin are both like big comic book collectors and, and, and quite consistent. Um, so, guys, your, your general thoughts on comics this year and, and the quality of them in particular? Um, anything kind of stood out to you this year that is, is being good or, or bad? Um, uh, I think yeah. generally the year in comics has been um, kind of up and down uh, and kind of middle of the road. Hmm. Like, there's not been that many things like that I, I would say have been like special. Um, I think there are things that were meant to be, but it, they kind of didn't work out that way. The comics I've enjoyed the most um, are things that I didn't know that I wanted to read or see. Hmm. Those are the kinds of comics I enjoyed the most this year. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. Um, Rich? Yeah, I have to agree with Alvin. It's like, I mean, I mean, this happens every so often, but this year, being a comic book collector, it's it's felt like I'm still collecting out of habit. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, like, that's I, what I'm like, liking because, yeah, it yeah, is true. Yeah, I, I can't give that shit up. Like, every Wednesday, I wake up and I'm <laughs> scratching and shit. You know, I'm nearly going to sell Luca because I haven't got enough money to go and buy this issue of comics and stuff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, like I said, the same thing I definitely agree is it's definitely been up and down, almost as if, like, the two main powerhouses, um, you know, uh, DC and Marvel, they're, they're trying to find their footing again. And you know, and, but and but trying to appease everybody. So you've got this new influx of people who are, you know, all of a sudden comic book fans. Uh, maybe might be coming from like animation or from film, and then you've got these long-standing fanboys who, who don't want to see change. And obviously, that's a, con a conflict in interest. Um, so you, you you keep on seeing these reboots and these number ones and stuff like that. And it's yeah, loads. It's, there's been too many yeah. number ones in my opinion. Yeah, and and it's just and it's just like, man, come on, just just leave it be. The, yeah stuff that has stood out this year has been worth it but then when it's been shit it, it generally has been shit 
and and, and that's that's quite that's quite worrying and upsetting for the for the comic book industry, for, in in my opinion, for myself anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that, man. I heard that. There has been some stinkers, unfortunately, this year in uh, comic books, and we'll get to that. But um, let's start off positive first. So let's go with the best comic that you've read uh, this year. Um, Alvin, what was the best comic book? You know, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, DC Rebirth. <coughs> wow. I'm going to have to go with that just because, although I don't obviously necessarily think the whole Dr. Manhattan kind of hinting thing and whatnot, and obviously the hint towards the comedian somehow being involved um, with uh, the Joker in Batman, um, I still think it kind of, it was kind of DC setting things right for all the things that were wrong about the new 52. Hmm. So, and also it kind of does make sense for the whole kind of Dr. Manhattan uh, connection slash hint that they've, uh, that they've given in regards to uh, like what, 10 years being taken away from their lives, which is why they forgot Wally West and all that. Um, but, but yeah, I thought it was quite brave of them to kind of, kind of admit their wrongdoings in a way and uh and correct that with dc dc rebirth i think that was that was quite brave of him and uh and yeah it was actually a good read as well mm-hmm. cool was there a specific uh title in dc rebirth that you got uh just the, the that first issue that the main one that oh, just was, the main it, one. was it an issue zero or an issue one but it's just that the, the dc rebirth dc rebirth right gotcha okay cool um rich how about you man um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with Alvin on the the, the rebirth thing. Um, I'm not hundred percent sold yet on the Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, I, yeah. The, the only reason I'm, in my, for me, my opinion is just for the simple fact that you know how much he wrote. He wrote again, Alan Moore. You know how much yeah. Alan Moore loves his his characters. Like, stop fucking with his shit, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. he's ri- he's written this grand masterpiece in, in Watchmen. Just leave it be. Mm. You know, just I don't understand why they have to why they have to take it and integrate it into the DC universe. You know, and I, I don't know. I I just think that's that's clasping at straws, you know, to you know to fix the wrongdoings. Which, like you said, you, you know, you have to you have you have to respect them for that because they've realised that they did f up of New Fifty Two. So um, yeah, but but Rebirth was good. Um, for me, comic book this year, it it would have to be the first six issues of Power Man and Iron Fist. True that. Just True that. wicked. Just just like just. Just it banged the nail on the head, like in in everything. Like nothing was average. Like the artwork, the dialogue, the storyline, like the char- the characters in it. It was, it it was almost like it. We we've had this year of like you know of like um TV shows, you know, harking back to like older era, um, um older times. So you know, Stranger Things being like the eighties and um you know um the Get Down being set in the seventies and Power Man and Iron Fist. Was almost like a love letter to like Harlem and like you know maybe and Brooklyn and New York of when hip hop was good, but set in a place of like superheroes. It it was just I actually love it, and I'm really upset now because it seems to have taken a bit of a dip when it had to when it had to take part in this whole Marvel Civil War two um, crossover thing. But the first six issues were, were just amazing, just amazing. You see like and and you you get the sense that you you've known these characters for years like. The thing that Marvel has always been good at, and this is what, and this is where what sets Marvel different to DC, not better, depending on, on who you're speaking to, but different is that Marvel always focus on the person behind the costume. And so for me, you get this whole thing of like the first six issues of Paramount and Nine Fist is, you know, 
one person wanted to bring the, the group back together or the duo back together and the other person not you know and you know one person thinking that the other person's wife doesn't like him and stuff is and all this is all taking place while they're going out and just solving crimes while fight, fighting against these b-list villains you know like you know that, that you haven't heard of since like 1987 or something like that it was just such a such a good comic book written by david walker artwork by sanford green um if marvel films or marvel tv studios continue doing what they're doing where they're like influencing or taking influence from like comic books back and forth then i'm really excited for what they're going to do with the iron fist tv show and also for the defenders um tv show because like if they're going to use this as a linchpin, then it's going to be amazing. And God, I just fangirled them. Sorry, man. I feel like I literally like I'm overexcited, man. Sorry, man. It's all right. It's all right. We know you're a little girl <laughs> deep down inside, so that's cool, man. You got to let it out sometimes. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'd have to agree with you. I think Power Man and Iron Fist was um, amazing. I did read DC Rebirth uh, issue one as well, and I thought that was. Um, pretty awesome. Uh, although I didn't really kind of pick up any of the other titles after that, to be, if I'm being perfectly frank, because after a while I just was kind of, I, I, I think I read the first uh, Batman number one, <coughs> and that was pretty good. But <clears throat> yeah, I never really kind of picked it up. I don't know why, but I, I just didn't. Um, but Power Man and Iron Fist, I think, would, would definitely be my choice as well. Um, for all the reasons you, you just gave, Richard, really. Uh, I don't think there's anything more to add to that, to be honest. You kind of covered it all. Um, but yeah, just fantastic writing from David Walker. Um, Sanford Green, who's probably my new favourite artist now, um, after that comic book. Uh, I just love his style. It's, it's, it's absolutely perfect for what the book represents and, and for the kind of story that they're telling. Um, and it's yeah, it's just an, an, an amazing book. So definitely go in and, and check that out. All right, um, this is going to be controversial. So again, we have to put the disclaimer out. People, this is just our opinion, so please don't get angry and write us nasty tweets if you don't like that. Um, but we're going to have to talk about the worst comic books of the year. Um, was I think we're kind of in agreement <laughs> in terms of the worst comic book of the year, unless anybody has anything different they want to add, Alvin or Richard? <laughs> Mm, no, I think we can all go with the uh, with what well what you're suggesting, yeah. Yeah. Richard. No, 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 no. I, I could I could add one. I'll definitely. Yeah, like, you? you know, we yeah, yeah. You know what? We we've discussed this already, Arvin, and like Have it's we? only just start. It's only, yeah, it's only just started to pick up now. But mother. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm gonna say Nightwing. Yeah. 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 yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, yeah, it, you know what? Yeah. The art's good. It's just that the story is just a bit like. <sighs> You just want Dick Grayson to be Dick Grayson. I mean, he's gone to Bloodhaven yeah. now, which is great. Yeah. But it's like you you want him to kind of be his own man again. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. when you were saying about the Nightwing logo. It's not yeah. it's not the Nightwing logo. It's the words Nightwing with the Batman yeah. symbol behind it. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, this is Nightwing though. Take that hmm. away. You know what I mean? Let him stand on his own two feet. Hmm. But and let Dick Grayson stand on his own TV as well. I don't understand why they keep on going, having to go back to Batman all the time. Uh, yeah. you, you, you know what it is? Like, like, like I said, for me, the, the thing about we get this new Nightwing comic book off the back of Grayson, and Grayson, and, and then obviously the Grayson came off that Forever Evil thing, 
and it, it just felt like one of those things where the, the character had been lost for like the past three years yeah so when they brought this nightwing back i was like okay cool you know they're gonna you know they're gonna really jazz him up and, and take him back to when he was good and it and it just felt flat like it, it was generally upsetting and, and i've always said that the character of nightwing is easily one of the most important characters in comic book history full stop just just for, I mean, just for the simple fact that he was the first i think one of the first one of the first sidekicks yeah and you've seen him grow up that's the thing you've seen him start out as a kid be a teenager and become a man and if you really want to get technical you know the whole thing like he's he surpassed his father by filling his father's shoes like you know we could we could talk about this all day you've seen him do all these things so when you see what they're doing with him now it is it's just generally less like just to me it's just lazy writing and maybe it's one of those things where they should maybe just take their character and just let him disappear for a while until somebody has a really really good idea of what to do with him instead of trying to force him into the into yeah. the into these you know these these like lackluster storylines although the last issue which came out well, i think what last week i mean it does seem to have picked up quite some uh with him going back to bloodhaven so i mean like i said that's that's dc once again admitting that they're wrong and saying well listen this is where the character of nightwing was really really good because when he was based in you know in in this area or, or this city but listen if anybody out there who works with dc is listening and i'm gonna see if we can create a hashtag for this but you know this is for nightwing give us back our dick that's what we want <laughs> yeah? we want our dick back <laughs> hashtag <laughs> hashtag dick <laughs> hashtag dc dick any anything you can think of with a hashtag and dick in it yeah do it let's do it like we've got we, we've got to make dick good again yeah how about that <laughs> I, I would yes i would love to see the the um t- trending on twitter make dick great again um I think, be, <laughs> I think that would be the perfect antidote to the year we've just had <laughs> but um yeah no I, I mean i haven't read nightwing um but i heard you guys going on about it and i've heard uh, read sorry different things online where people have just not been impressed with the book so yeah it seems like they've got some work to do on that one but um as said earlier listeners i think we're all kind of in agreement on the worst comic book of the year and I'm, and it pains me to say it because the the writer of this book is, is somebody I, I have a lot of time for but civil war 2 marvel civil war 2 good grief what were they doing what were they doing it it, it, it it seems like there was no planning, no thoughts went into it. Um, I think issue A, I, I, I almost had a rage quit than, <laughs> <laughs> when I read issue A and, and tore it in half because of just the blatant fact that A, they had no clue how they were going to finish this story mm. and B, they were just trying to advertise all their new titles that are coming up. Um, where there's literally page after page of just these different characters in different... But that bit was clever, though. I do give it that, because I didn't even realise until afterwards that I was being advertised to. Yeah, exactly. It was it, it was <laughs> you being advertised to. It just oh, it frustrated me. But the whole thing, it just... And what makes it worse is that, actually, if you'd read or had known to read um, Captain America Steve Rogers... There's actually an explanation for why everything happens the way it does in Civil War Two, but because Marvel mm. never bothered to tell anybody, oh, by the way, you might want to start picking up Captain America, Steve Rogers, because we're going to kind of give you some detail in there. You just read that run of, of of eight books and think, what, what, what is going on here? Like, 
and it starts off reasonably well. Um, yeah, okay, it's not, you know, the, it, it's not as as detailed or as personal, or it didn't feel as personal as, um, you know, the first uh, Civil War, the Mark Millar Civil War, and the, the first couple of issues in that, where, where you know, the, the stakes were quite high. But nonetheless, it was still, you know, handled pretty well, I thought. And there was, an, you know, a nice little shock at the end. And, and I thought, okay, this is quite interesting. Let's see where this goes. Um, and then there's another shock in, in issue two and quite a big one that, that I think a lot of people didn't see coming. And you're like, wow, this, this thing is really mm. taking off. And then it just goes, I don't know what happened, but it, it, the story just goes nowhere. Like you said, Alvin, it was just fight, 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 bit of dialogue, fight, fight, yeah. fight, 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 bit of dialogue, fight, 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 to the point where you forget what it is that they're fighting over. Um, I don't know if that was deliberate or not, but if it was, it was a stupid thing to do. Um, and it just becomes idiotic. The whole thing becomes idiotic. Um, guys, <laughs> add something on this, please, for me. Yeah. <laughs> I can it off because it's got me mad. <laughs> I find Bendis, I, I think Bendis is a pretty good writer, especially when it comes to character development. Like um, the stuff he's been doing in Spider-Man has been miles, has been pretty good. I always enjoy that. I've enjoyed that comic for like the last four years. But I just felt that that this, it, there's nowhere to go with it. You know what I mean? It's not about superior registration. It's about someone who may be able to tell or predict or create even the future. There's not a lot of places you can go with that as you can answer that question quite quickly. And so therefore we just got a repeat of the same things happening with a few major kind of events in there. And then and then that was it, unfortunately. I mean, the art's brilliant. The artwork is wicked. Um, David Marquez, I believe it is. His stuff in Spider-Man, when Pacelli's not doing it, great i love this stuff in here as well and i think they're a good team working together uh, him and bendis um but but yeah i don't know it's weird because it should have been better than, than what we got and with the artwork especially as well if the story was good it would have been even better mm. yeah and uh, yeah david marquez is is a great artist i mean i love his work um and there's nothing wrong with the artwork in, in civil war ii um it, it's just the storytelling doesn't make any sense um, you know what the, the decision making that the, the decisions that Carol Danvers makes in the book don't make any sense. I mean, again, I, I hate to keep harking back to Civil War One, but even though you couldn't really identify with with Tony Stark's point of view, or I couldn't, I could at least understand where he was coming from. Mm. The story kind of explained why he would be thinking the way that he is and why he would make the decisions that he did. But in this one, it just it it felt like they didn't bother to do that with Carol Danvers at all. It was just like she feels a certain way about it. We're not going to bother to explain to you why she feels a certain way about it, and therefore there's going to be conflict. And as said, because Marvel didn't bother to explain that, you know, there are other books that that kind of fill in the gaps. It just reads as a complete mess. So when the trade paperback for this comes out, like I. I don't even know who's going to bother buying it because it, it's not even really a story at all. It's just not. So. And I just remembered something, the very end of the book, like what happens in quotation marks, mm. um, it's kind of bullshit. Like I just remembered that other thing that happens at the end of the book mm. is like, what the fuck? What the mm. fuck do you mean? <laughs> like what? It's, it was cowardly and lazy, I thought. Very. Yeah. Very. 
so yeah it was a real disappointment um rich did you want to add anything on top of that for civil war 2 listen i've I been saying it for a hot minute if it's coming to like proper big crossovers bendis bendis is burnt out he's burnt out man mm. like yeah like i think if he's just him like doing like a like a standalone comic i think you think he's doing all right but when it's coming to these big things I, I don't think he i don't think he can do it anymore man i don't think he can top himself after the stuff that he's done before mm. that, that that's that, i think that's the reason why it's like yeah it's it's, it's just not happening for him mm. but um but every, everything you guys have said about civil war too like i mean we were we were saying that from like civil war one when like for, you know what? I, I'm I'm actually gonna give spoilers. I don't I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah, I'm gonna give spoilers. Yeah, and you know what? And when people if people decide to still go and read this trade paperback and you already know what's happened, yeah, or they're gonna decide by the single issues because they're collectors and they think it's gonna be worth something in the future, it's fucking not. But um, when you do read it, you'll thank us. Send up, you know, yeah. If you read it and you think it's shit and you agree, reply to us and 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 give us thanks. Send us money. But in that first issue where War Machine gets killed, and you're like what like I, I was like okay th- this has to be a dream this has to be like don't just fucking throw something in there to shock me or use that as a linchpin to try and help propel this to try and help propel this story forward that is lazy writing like that is complete lazy writing especially when you're killing off a character which is quite well known now yeah that, that's just it's pure bullshit man like and, and the reason why i'm feeling passionate about this is because this is and it's because is this how i felt about the comic book industry this whole year it it seems like a lot of it is is just is just to generate money. Like I, I'm I'm not sure if that's the actual aim, but that's how it feels for me. Because like I said, you've got you've got people like me and Alvin who are active comic book collectors, and like you know like and, and like I said, every Wednesday we have to go and buy this comic book. And as bad as Civil War Two is, like we know that that's probably you know it's almost like you can't miss out on a summer blockbuster. Or you know, or season finale of something. So we know we have to collect all fucking eight issues, especially if we bought issue one and issue two, because we don't want to be left out of the fucking loop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, you know, and 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 that's it. And and it's upsetting, man. You know, Jesus, man, I got to take off my hoodie. I'm sweaty and hot, <laughs> man. Like, give it, DC, give us back our dick. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but um, great again. <laughs> so yeah, that that that's how I feel about about Civil War two and. Easily one of the worst, you know, not one of easily the worst comic book this year. Like mm. Mar- Marvel, Marvel should be ashamed at, at, at putting it out. As far as I'm concerned, mm. Mm. yeah, amen. Testify. Ain't nobody gonna be um, disagree with that. I don't think, or you you won't find very many detractors anyway. All right, guys. Well, um, let's move on. The next thing we're gonna talk about is games. Um, now, I imagine this is going to be kind of short because, to be honest, I really haven't gained much this year. I mean, I, I, I really haven't. <laughs> I'm at the process uh, at the moment, listeners, of, of hopefully trying to upgrade some of my, my gaming equipment. So hopefully soon I'll, I'll be able to get sold of um, some new stuff and be able to play some new stuff. But there isn't a lot that I played this year. There are a couple of things, though, that, that stood out, um, one good and one bad, but I'll get to those. Um, first of all, uh, Alvin. Um, you're pretty much more the regular gamer out of the three of us right now. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you this year, uh, good, bad, or indifferent? Uh, well, to be honest, I haven't actually played that that much new stuff um, this year. Um, I played mainly uh, older stuff. Um, but do you, want, do you want to just say the best one? Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, all right. Well, the game that I played, uh, the games that I played that were uh, kind of brand new releases, uh, for me, it was 
probably Quantum Break is the one I enjoyed the most, just because I thought the whole Time Powers thing was fun. Uh, I also liked the fact that it had like recognizable actors in it, uh, and it reminded me of like kind of high concept uh, science fiction TV shows, because uh, that's pretty much what it kind of like based its uh, narrative storytelling on. Uh, and there were like kind of like different outcomes uh, of certain situations in the game and stuff like that. And although it only took about like two or three days to complete, uh, having a few sessions here and there, uh, I thought it was very competent and they've got something good. Remedy have something good that they can build on uh, with hopefully a sequel at some point. Cool, cool. Um, Richard, how about you, man? Was there anything that stood out for you this year? Yeah, games. Uh, for me, it was, was two. Uncharted 4, uh, which was a nice one song uh, to the Uncharted series. Um, and I don't know if you, well, whoever's a gamer out there, they recently released um, a gameplay trailer for a spin-off of the Uncharted series, which um, which I'm super happy about. Um, so Uncharted 4 was just an amazing, was an amazing game. I mean, like, four games in a row, literally just like nine out of ten. <laughs> like, each game just, has just gotten better and better. And is one of those games that's fully immersive and is better than some blockbuster films and TV shows. Like, I'm talking like the, the dialogue, the way how characters are written, action scenes, the story itself. Um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. I mean, you've got voice actors like um, Nolan North for Nathan Drake. Um, I think Claudia Black um, is, is, mm. is also a voice actress, maybe not in part four, but I think definitely in part two and part three. Yeah, but part four was, was just an amazing game. And then... Um, yeah, so played that, completed that, and then I'm currently still playing, but I think I might start again from the beginning, uh, Final Fantasy 15. And uh, I, I think, yeah, definitely good. Look, Square Enix found to, seem to have found their, their footing again um, after the last pieces of games that they released were, were, just, were just a bit of nonsense, to tell the truth. And um, hopefully this is a, a good start to, uh, you know, to uh, bring them, put them back on the map for being a... Uh, a strong games developer cool cool well for me as i said i haven't really done that much gaming this year unfortunately the only thing i've, I've really kind of dived headlong into is pokemon go so um <coughs> it'd be remiss of me not to to big up pokemon go um because that game had me out doing all kind of things and madness in the middle of the high street trying to catch things um <laughs> yeah <laughs> I remember I tried to catch um, Pikachu outside of <coughs> outside of my local Asda. Um, Asda is a supermarket chain for, for those who don't know. And um, yeah, I tried to catch it out outside. Well, not really outside. It was kind of around the rear entrance, really. And um, I was trying to catch it, and I got so into the game that I was kind of jumping from foot to foot and, and trying to kind of try to you know catch the po uh, Pokemon. And so this woman was was coming out of the sliding doors at, at the rear entrance, and she saw me leaping from foot to foot right in front of the doors, and she was trying to get past. So she was kind of sort of bobbing and weaving to try and get past me. And so for about two, three minutes, the two of us are just standing there doing a bob and weave outside the front door. And so I didn't realize until I'd caught Pikachu, and then I looked up and I was like, oh, wow, like, this lady was trying to get past. So she kind of like gave me a dirty look and, and walked past. And then there was this this old guy in the corner. I mean, I say old, but he wasn't he wasn't that old, but he was mature, should we say? Um, and he was standing in the, the corner off to the left, and he goes, "You playing that game?" And I was he, I was like, "Yeah, I'm playing Pokemon Go." He's like, "Yeah, I've got that as well." 
<laughs> pulled out his mobile <laughs> and showed me the story. <laughs> like, yeah, that is cool, man. And it just kind of showed you just how crazy that, that whole um, phenomenon was, really, the, the Pokemon Go phenomenon. So, yeah, I'd, I'd have to mention that. Um, for me, I can also mention as the worst game that I played this year because it was just such a disappointment to me was uh, Star Fox Zero. Oh, yeah. At, um, loading Bay Bar, um, which is uh, over here. We've, we've got a couple of uh, bars and, and pubs which are dedicated towards gaming. And um, Loading Bay is, is like a pub um, that, that has loads of games machines. And they had a Star Fox in their um, Star Fox Zero. And I was like, oh, my God, I've not played this game since, like, the N64 version. So, mm. I've got to, you know, I've got to play this game. And I put it on, and it's just the, the worst piece of crap. It's really bad. Like, is it, is it the bad? Controls, yeah, yeah, man. The controls oh, man. are terrible. The graphics look really, like, it looks like they've not even bothered to update the graphics from N64 to, to Wii U. It just yeah. looks, you know, it's a bit brighter, and that's about it. And they've changed none of the, um, the, the gameplay functionality as well. Like, they've literally just ripped it from the N64 version. Onto zero, boom! There you go. There's your Star Fox game. And I just remember at a certain point holding the, the fucking dinner plate sized controller, thinking like, "What am I doing? Like this? I'm not even enjoying this. I'm just wasting my time with this bullshit." <laughs> to put the controller down and I let someone else play. But well, um, yeah, it was bad. It was it was really bad. Um, a really really poor um, game. And, and Nintendo, like, please please fix up like everybody wants to love you but you keep like just slapping people in the face all the time so please come on <laughs> do it properly uh was there any bad games you guys played this year that, or games that, that kind of didn't live up to hype or expectation yep. for you mirror's yeah. edge catalyst I oh my god <laughs> that game right it pissed me off right because he, all these fucking, you're watching E3 and fucking games come, and obviously they're showing you the trailers and going, oh, you can take any route to any building. Ah, oh, fucking magical shit we've done in this game. You play the game and it's merely a hub world, which means that you go from one side of the map to a certain place on the map to get to a mission to then play that mission. So, and you go the exact same way back. It's not like an open world. It's not like GTA, but with freaking rooftops. It's literally about seven or eight different paths and they're quite long, and you'll go up and down them a lot of times to get to different missions. So it's not a fucking open world. It's a fucking hub world to go from mission to mission. And the game took the piss. The fucking story took the piss. It was more convoluted than the original story of the, uh, the first game, which this was a reboot of, but it was way more convoluted, way more stupid, way more fucking people wearing PVC and shades at fucking nighttime like dickheads. <laughs> Fucking, it just fucked me off. Just everything about it, I thought was a little bit lazy. It seemed like fucking everyone who worked at Dice, they put all their good guys on a Star Wars Battlefront to get it looking exactly like the movies. Where everyone who was shit, they they let them work on fucking Mirror's Edge Catalyst. And th there's no reason to reboot the series. They could have just continued from where they left off. Yes, it had been a while, but fuck me, it's not that difficult. Just just make it. They had a good good mechanics for a parkour game. You know what I mean? So much so that I even bought Mirror's Edge again on the PC, only for two quid though. But that's, I can still play that game. That game's great. But this new one, it's like, you've killed the franchise dead. Like, you've just shot it in the face. 
and it's your John Travolta, and Mirror's Edge is fucking um, Marvin, and you shot him in the face. That's what, that's what you've done. That's what you've fucking done. It really pissed me off. Not, not even the money, not even the money annoys me. It's just like, just live up to expectations. Don't give me all this fucking gaming mumbo jumbo about all this great shit you've done and how it's fucking awesome, and then you just give me this convoluted crap. Don't do it. Or like, fucking, oh, look, here's this woman who's into tech. She's the IT whiz. Ooh, but she's fucking awkward as fuck. Fuck off. Do that shit. I can't do that shit anymore. Hate that, oh, IT. Oh, fucking quirky IT person. Fuck off. It really pisses me off. As soon as that happened in the game, I was like, this is, this is shit. I, re- I was actually frowning when I played the game. Like, when I just completed, I was like, fine, I don't have to play it ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. <laughs> I'm glad I got that out. Feet, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you needed to get it off your chest. I could yeah. Woo. Get it out. Get it out today. <laughs> um, Richard, how about you, man? Was there anything game-wise that really disappointed you this year? Yep, de- definitely up there with Alvin from Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Oh, Mirror's Edge as well, yeah. Yeah, like just massive disappointment. Massive, like. Yeah, yeah. Mir- Mirror's Edge. <laughs> Mirror's Edge is episode one. Mm, mm. That's 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 how that's how bad it is. It's like you said, it it actually makes no sense of how a game like that can be bad when you've got everything you need to make a great game. It was it was actually generally upsetting. Let's say if there's, I mean, let's say if there's fifteen missions, the game only gets good. Let's say from mission thirteen. That's the only time. That's the only time it got good for me, and I, and I and I and I generally didn't know how quick the game or how short the game was. So I you know I sat there playing it, thinking to myself like, well, you know, it's, it's going to pick up at some point. And then when it did pick up, the game the game had ended. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was it was that it was upsetting. Yeah, I, I was like I was like what like, <laughs> and and on top of that, they're not even going to do any form of like DLCs for it to even continue the game. I think they knew. I th- like like Alvin. I think you said that that like they put all the good people on Battlefront. And all the shit people have mm. missed, mm. and then they were like, "Well, listen, we put so many trailers out for it because like, wasn't it a different team that were working on it before?" I think. Remember pretty, the original trailer? Uh, yeah, the, the, the original trailer for it was was different to what the the finished product that we got. Right, quite a few changes had been made. I think so. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure as to what I'd need to see all the trailers again because that was quite a yeah, while ago. But, no, because I remember at some point they were saying that you were you were going to be able to use guns, and then then they decided to take yes, out the they took the guns gun. away. Yes, because I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was something to do with I think Anita Sarkeesian was a consultant on the game, and she was like, "Oh yeah, take guns out," and they're like, "Yeah, we took guns out." So that's why you can only like, well, kind of disarm, but you can't grab any guns. Yeah, but, but, but I'm sure there was quite a few things to to it as well. But um, it was yeah, it was, it was just a poor it was a poor excuse for a reboot. That's the thing, like you said, and then like, and the cliches that it was taking. I mean, visually, some of it looked okay and things like that. But the first one, the, the first one did a much better job than than what this did. And this and, and this is that like one a, was convoluted. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that. But this one is just like just takes the mic, mate. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then has and then that like, the resolution that comes at the end is like it's just no way, man. Oh, <laughs> and, yeah, and I, and I paid full price for that. The day it came out, I went out and bought it. Mm. And I remember playing it. And I sat down and I lied to myself that I was enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> and I cried. <laughs> worry, we've, we've all done that, mate. We've all done that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, boy, what can you say, man? We've all been hoodwinked. We've all been hoodwinked. I mean, yeah, mm. I heard Mirror's Edge Catalyst was pretty bad. I said I didn't play it myself. But 
Um, yeah, it, it, I heard it was pretty poor, pretty poor. All right, well, cool, guys. I mean, that's going to about do it for us. We did get um, a couple of comments from a few people. Um, <coughs> Mikey suggested uh, Supergirl as being one of the worst things he'd seen in 2016. Um, Mikey can kiss my black ass. There, so. <laughs> um, and the guys from Two Uncool Podcast said Suicide Squad was, was pretty awful. Um, yep. so, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, well, thanks, guys. Thanks a lot for that. Um, that will just about do it for us. But before we go, um, I just wanted to let you all know that we are uh, going to be looking at expanding things going forward. One of the things that uh, we do have lined up is hopefully to start getting the podcast onto iTunes. So if you're an iTunes user, um, we will hopefully be able to upload that onto iTunes and, and get that going for you. Um, also looking at Google Play as well. Hopefully, again, within the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll start to do that and start to get things going on on those platforms. So if you're used to using those to get your podcast regularly, then you should be able to find us there shortly as well. Um, we're also going to be having a look at uh, trying out Periscope and Facebook Live. So uh, if you don't follow us on social media already, then you should do. Um, please do follow us uh, because we will be going uh, onto Periscope and we'll be doing some live movie reviews and live chats and hopefully getting to know some of you who listen to us as well and the kind of things you like. So uh, if you're into that kind of thing and that's the kind of thing you want to do, then make sure you're following us on social media and doing that. Um, okay, before I get to the shout outs, Rich, did you want to add anything? Uh, yeah. Um... I've been watching a few things. I've got a couple of shout outs to do for Instagram. Can I do those? Oh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, uh, I've got one called Barbara's Daughter. So, at Barbara's Daughter, that's a, it's a, it's a charity based for uh, people that have lost family members uh, to cancer. Uh, there's another one called Commander Heritage, which is basically, it basically sells like a, a homeware, houseware, so like blankets, curtains cushions uh, made of like really really beautiful African fabrics and prints um, what else was there uh, yeah I think that was it oh uh, if, if you know obviously you guys are listening to us on, on YouTube as well uh, go take a look at Backchat London man that, that's that's some entertaining stuff uh, I just thought I'd throw it out there man you know why not um, and I, I think that's it really okay cool thank you Ben um, well yeah I've got a throw out a couple of shout outs as well. Um, so got big up a few people who have been interacting with us on Twitter and have been following the podcast and have been giving advice and support, which is um, really appreciated. Uh, so this goes out to all our regular listeners. So uh, George, uh, Marquita, Daniel, Josh, um, David, thank you very much for your support. Thanks for listening and for always staying up with us. Also to Jane as well. Uh, thank you. Uh, on Twitter, some other podcasters as well that you guys should check out. Um, the Drunken Dork podcast, who have been really, really helpful. Um, they've really like retweeted a lot of our stuff recently. So thank you very much. Um, Open All Powers podcast, a really good um, superhero uh, and comic book podcast. Really good fun, so check them out. Um, we got the Jazz as well, Autumn and Ray. They do a really good podcast. Check them out. They're really good. Um, the Broken Elevator as well, uh, Just In Time podcast, uh, the crew from Two Shots and a Brew, 
master debaters, the podcast brothers, the podcast queens, um, the guys from Two Uncool Podcasts, of course, always. Um, lots of love from them. Uh, and Team Biscuits podcast with my girl Cheryl and Miss Mad News as well. Um, that's a really, really good podcast. So check that out when you get the chance. Um, also, to say what's up to uh, a Graceful Viking on Instagram, um, Jay Del Negro as well. Uh, thank you very much for your support on us uh, on Instagram and for following us and for liking what we do. Um, so, big shout out to you as well. Um, and I think that is it for the shout out. So, let's wrap this one up, man. Uh, it's been fun. Uh, 2016 has had a lot going on for it. Um, 2017, actually, before we leave, um, give me one thing that you're looking forward to. Um, don't need a long explanation, just in 10 seconds, just give me a big thing. So, Alvin, what are you looking forward to? Star Wars Celebration and Star Wars Episode 8. Wicked. Um, Richard? Iron Fist TV show. Cool. And for me, it's got to be the Defenders. Defenders, I'm absolutely looking forward to. Man. Can't wait. Uh, all right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for um, joining me on the podcast as always, and thanks for tolerating my intermittent coughing. I'm still got a bit of chest rot from the winter that's going around at the moment, and yeah, it's making me feel like an old man. So I'm gonna go and have some hot water and lemon. I think settle down and. Um, Enjoy the rest of my evening. Um, oh, before we go as well, make sure you check out um, Alvin's YouTube channel. It's called uh, The Mank Geek. Um, you've been doing some Star Wars videos recently, right? For um, Blue Milk, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Blue Milk. So uh, obviously, well, Blue Milk, you know, Star Wars, you get a reference. But yeah, essentially when any bit of news comes out, I'll probably ramble into a mic and then uh, add a little picture make a video and then just put it up and it's just me rambling. And yeah, you can check those out if you want. You can also get me on the Twitter and on the Instagram at BigA85GL. Wicked, wicked. Uh, Richard, where can people find you on social media, man? Uh, Instagram at RichReviews. Uh, also the Instagram at Wulong Talks. Uh, the website, uh, com. And I'll say it's a bit of a running joke now, but uh, yeah, Twitter at Rich Reviews. Well, never use it. So yeah, don't even bother. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the Twitter that, that has one tweet on the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> no, in fact, you know, you know, you know, I'm actually going to do a tweet tonight or a tweet tomorrow, depending how I feel. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. Oh, make... Yeah, yeah, of make it great again. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag make it great again, people. <laughs> remember that one <laughs> okay well for me you can catch me um on our twitter page at, at we long talks um i'm also on facebook as well we've got facebook page and it's now live so you just need to look for we long talks on facebook and you'll find us there um and as richard mentioned we're, we're back blogging again on the website at wulongtalks.com so you can always get hold of us there and if you prefer to email you can email us at wulongtalkspodcast at gmail.com. Okay, that's going to do it from me, I think. I said my throat is hurting now, so let me go and um, take some juice or something, man, because I'm, I'm arched out here. Uh, Alvin, say goodnight, man. Goodnight, peeps. Richard, say goodnight. Hasta luego. <laughs> um, this goodnight from me as well. We're out of here, people. See you later. Peace. <laughs>